discriminate against trans youth. North Carolina's current Lieutenant Governor, Mark Robinson, continues to amp up high profile rhetoric against LGBT people that has become a key part of his campaign and his political brand, similar to Governor Ron DeSantis and former President Donald Trump. Mark Robinson said recently on the campaign trail that God formed him to fight LGBT issues. And he added that uh, a church that flies the rainbow flag is a direct spit in the face of God Almighty and that the transgender so-called movement is of the Antichrist. So Robinson is currently making the rounds at black churches in the region where I grew up, Northeastern North Carolina, the state's black belt, in the hopes of using his fear campaign to sow hatreds towards uh, the anti or the LGBT community rather, and build support for hate mongering ahead of the high profile 2024 presidential elections, elections I know we're all looking towards and that many of these bills are designed to sow hate and division between political parties ahead of those high profile elections. So we're seeing a lot of the same things that Representative Wu is seeing in Texas, Nadine is seeing in Florida, right here in the Tar Heel State. That was Sailor Jones, the Associate Director of Common Cause North Carolina. We've been hearing excerpts from a May 12th ethnic media studies briefing with trans advocates discussing anti-trans legislation in three states, Florida, Texas, and North Carolina. For KBU News In-Depth, I'm Althea You're listening to KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. KBOO's Board of Directors meets on the fourth Monday of the month at 6 p.m. This month's meeting will be held at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland and online through a public video conference. Masks and proof of vaccination are required at this time. A public link and phone number to attend the meeting virtually can be found on our website at kboo.fm. Please visit our website to verify if a meeting is being held. Good evening, you're listening to Transpositive. Uh, today we're joined by regular co-hosts Carter Lee and Nicolette. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, my name's Carter and I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Nicolette, I use they, them, AM or Fayfair pronouns. And I'm Emma and I use she and her pronouns. Uh, just a day or two before a protest that Carter's organizing. Yeah, so the protest is being held at New Creation Church in Hillsborough, Oregon on May 17th, and we will be arriving at uh, 5 p.m., and we'll go to around 7, maybe a little after 7 p.m., um, because that is when the service starts. Um, and what the protest is, is we're protesting a women's conference. Um, 
at a women's conference many years ago while I was a part of the church. Um, they had called me up in front of a lot of people. And these conferences are very big. People come from out of state to, to come to these conferences that this church holds. And at this women's conference, after I had came out, they had called me up by name in front of everyone and had said that I will never be a boy, I will always be a girl, um, and that there was a uh, demonic spirit attached to me and inside of me and that they had to pray it out of me. Um, and so I don't want anyone who goes to that church to know that that was an okay behavior. Um, and I know that there's still a lot of people a part of that church that were there for that circumstance. But I also want other people to know that this is what that church believes in and they are not accepting of the queer community. Um, and that's why I am protesting. Yeah, and this had happened two two times. So um, the second time was a more intense version of what happened the first time. Um, at the first time that they called me up in front of everyone at a conference, I was 14, and the second time I was 15, and I am now 21. So um, it just happened a few years ago, and... I know people who are still a part of the church who think that that behavior is disgusting, but they can't leave because of the cult-like mindset within the the church and within their families. Well, this is, I mean, this is such a rich topic for us to talk about right now because of what's going on in this country. I mean, we know that there's over 500 bills that specifically target LGBTQIAS uh, plus uh, folks, and a lot of those are specifically targeting trans kids. And this happened to you when you were 14, and that's when you were a trans kid. So yeah, basically you were experiencing the kind of humiliation and um, shaming that a lot of trans kids are facing right now in a culture where state legislatures are literally making this a law they're they're basically reinforcing this kind of behavior yes and and that's one of the the reasons why i wanted to to do this protest was because this is the the way that i am able to be active and help in my community yeah nicolette would you have any comments about this um, yeah, I, I appreciate that, um, you know, something is being done about this because that kind of behavior is not okay. And it is something that a lot of queer kids do go through. Um, I've, I've heard absolute, so many absolute horror stories about queer and trans kids being um, abused in churches and religious environments or religious families even. And, you know, we do need to put a stop to this behavior and tell people it's not okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have a background in a similar kind of experience. Um, thankfully for me, I came out long after I'd left my religion of origin. So I didn't have to go through what you went through, Carter. But if I had come out when I was in my religion of origin, I would have faced exactly the same thing that you faced. So I just so admire your courage. Can you talk more about what it was like growing up trans in a cult-like religion that was constantly trying to tell you that you were wrong? Yeah, so I actually had joined this church when I was 11. My family was not involved in, in the church. Um, I went to church to try to get away from my family. So I would spend as much time as I could 
in church, um, I went with my friend uh, and her family, and we would go uh, Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and then we would do conferences and small groups. So I was very involved in in the church. Um, some of the things that the the church would prevent us from doing was also like doing sports or um, certain other like extracurricular activities for school because it was not what God would have wanted if it took us out of church. So for me, I was wanting to be on dance team and they said that I could not do that. So I had to stop dance team um, so that I could continue going to church. So it was a, they were very controlling. Um, you couldn't date anyone unless the pastors had said that it was okay. Um, you couldn't marry if you had medical debt or any sort of debt. Um, so that's like what the church's mindset is like. So for me growing up in that, um, it was just very weird. I didn't understand why if two people loved each other, why they couldn't get married if they had debt. Um, and I, I'm very aware of my surroundings, so I would just try to blend in the best I could, but there just came a point where I didn't want to blend any anymore, and that's when I came out as bisexual. And at that time, I was 13, and after I came out as bisexual, the leadership of the church had decided that um, no adult could be alone with me because I could turn them gay and they would could have sexual attraction towards me or someone of the same sex. Um, and I was 13 and like thinking back on that, that's them being like, okay, we don't want you to turn people gay, but we also don't want grown adults to want to have sex with you. There, like, there was so many things that I wasn't, I also wasn't allowed to be around children um, because children could look at me and be like, oh, that person's gay, I can be gay. So even like them thinking, oh, a child will then grow up to be gay if they see me. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call social contagion. That's their, that's their uh, cat's word of the, of the year. Is uh, what that's what they that's what they say about us. They, that's that's why they're so obsessed with uh, making it completely illegal to let people know that transgender people exist and gay people exist. It's because they fear social contagion. What do you think about that, Nicolette? Yeah, I was going to bring up social contagion as well, because I'm seeing that being thrown a lot, thrown around a lot lately around trans people. I see people use that word all the time, or that term all the time. Um, you know, oh, oh, see, see, being trans is a disease. It's a social contagion. If you're exposed to trans people, that's going to make you be trans, which is just ridiculous. Like, I was trans, I knew I was trans at five years old, and I didn't even know that trans people existed. I didn't even know that queer people existed. I was living in the middle of nowhere in a town that was very highly conservative. So, like, LGBT things were just not even talked about. So it's ridiculous that, you know, this idea that you can turn people trans by being around them, you can turn people gay by being around them or letting them know that they exist when I I had no idea that those things existed and yet that's just who I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do want to note, um, there probably might be some people listening that might be offended at the idea of calling religions like these cults. But the thing is, the... Um, the way to tell if a group is a cult is by using what's called the BITE model, B-I-T-E. It stands for Behavior Control, Information Control, Thought Control, and Emotion Control. 
Yes, um, it it is one hundred percent a a cult because there was we had to go through uh, membership trainings, membership packets, um, that knew everything about our lives. Um, if we ever did, and I was I was twelve, I was twelve when I uh, filled this out, and it was questions like. Have have you been married? Are you divorced? Do you have children? But then it's like, have you ever drank alcohol? Have you ever done drugs? Um, <laughs> and the the two that I find the most funny was one was, do you currently have sex outside of marriage? And do you uh, watch pornography? Oh yeah. I was twelve, <laughs> and I had to go up to my mom. And I was like, Mom, what is this? And she said some very unpleasant words. Um, and she was like, why do they need to know that? And I was like, I don't know. It's in the packet. I have to fill it out. And and so they, they were very, very much controlling um, of what we could and couldn't do. Um, also, within the church, they tried to get us to go to church as much as possible. As someone who was growing up who knew that they were trans or non-binary, one of the strategies that you pursued uh, to try to get out from your family environment, and we haven't talked about your family environment, but one of the strategies that you pursued to try to get out of your family environment was to try to go to a church. And I know that you're not the only trans or non-binary kid or even adult who's ever been in a situation where they felt like they would face so much social opprobrium for who they were, and they felt like if they went to a church, maybe the church would somehow make them feel better. Yeah, I, uh, growing up, I would go to like vacation Bible school. Like my family wasn't religious, but but we, we did vacation Bible school and like we knew what Christmas was about and like what Easter was, but we weren't like a religious family. And so I I had joined at, at 11 thinking I'm going to find people who love me and who care about me. And it everything changed once I came out. There were still some families that would would talk to me and would still spend time with me. But um, I went from being able to, to talk to everyone to being able to talk to a select few because they didn't care what the, the leadership thought, what the pastors thought. It's, you know, it's really interesting because, I mean, in the, in the fall every year, we do the Trans Day of Remembrance Interfaith Vigil, and we have Unitarians and Buddhists and Jews and Methodists and um, Presbyterians. Episcopalians even. I mean, we have some churches that are very welcoming and really respect our trans non-binary um, brothers and sisters who are also religious. Um, so that's one side of religion, but the other side, which I think is far more dominant in American culture, is the kind of experience you had. I mean, or the kind of experience that I had. I mean, we all had experiences growing up in religions where basically, I mean, the, I mean, one of the foundations of the religion is that if you're queer, then somehow that's against God. It's like, if you're queer, that's something that, that the, and, and they, they don't even understand the Bible. I mean, the, they, they think the Bible condemns it and it doesn't. And there's so many places in the Bible where their stance on queer people is just absolutely hypocritical. And it just, it doesn't make any sense because there's always been queer people. I mean, we know there's always been queer people. Somehow they're telling us that their God, that they basically invented, condemns us, you know, even though we've been around longer than their God has. So I don't know.
Yeah, when when I came out, the 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 whole church environment changed from like the the way that they acted around me outside, like before the services started, but also like in the services, um, where everything had turned um, to a quote like political stance, where it was they they told people like who to vote for, um, they told people. Um, like how uh, trans people were were demonic, and um, I uh, I just remembered this a couple days ago because I was I was currently watching a, a TikTok on penguins, and and um, the penguins said something, and it reminded me of how the church said that there would be a gay coup and uprising. Great! I'm I'm ready for that. Yeah, when's that? Yeah, yeah. threatening us with a good time once again. Yeah, right, right. All this Nicolette. I mean, you're you're are you are you're pagan, aren't you, Nicolette? Are you pagan? Yeah, I'm I'm pagan. I was raised Christian though, and like I said, I lived in an area that was heavily conservative. Pretty much everyone there was a really conservative Christian. My parents were actually more left leaning, but they were still religious. So, you know, I was raised being forced to go to church every Sunday, regardless of whether or not I believed in it. And, you know, when um, now I didn't come out as trans until after I left Christianity, but I did come out as bisexual when I was 13. Immediately, like I had friends turning on me, people who knew about it started bullying me, um, telling me things like I was going to hell um, and just the devil must have made me gay. Um, it's a go- it goes against God. All of that, all of that. So I did grow up um, experiencing that when I came out about my sexuality, and I'm actually kind of grateful that I didn't come out about my gender until after I left the church. I mean, how do they know that God isn't gay? You know, maybe God is gay, and they're like living in sin because they're straight. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, there actually is potential evidence in the Bible to suggest that Jesus was gay. Because uh-huh. there is a passage where he was found in a garden with a naked man, and then the naked man ran away. And, you know, I, I see a lot of scholars asking, well, who was the naked man? And I'm asking, okay, why? Yeah, was- yeah. you know. But there's like, I, I mean, there's over 5,000 religions in the world. So... And even though there's these big mega religions like Christianity, Islam, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, I mean, there's these really big mega religions that are like so big that billions of people belong to them. But that doesn't make them any more valid than little tiny religions with only a few thousand or a few million people. I mean, there's there's 5,000 religions. And they're all different. They all have different, and you can you can choose your religion. I mean, in this country, you can choose your religion. So, so that's nice. But unfortunately, Christianity has such a huge sway that it digs its talons really deeply into public legislatures, into our constitution, into almost every aspect of society. Um, that's the problem with it. I mean, that's the problem with it. So, good for you, Carter. Um, so Carter, tell us more about, you know, what, what, what happened to you after you were 13, you kind of got to the point where you came out as bisexual and then they start. Yeah. Um, I had started kind of swaying away from, away from church because I could understand that they just didn't want me there, but then I would get text messages and calls like the night before or the morning of church being like I hope to see you there like you you really are needed at church um and so I would I would go back and then I would leave and I would go back and um the so the first women's conference that like I went to um is actually on YouTube and it it is disgusting um, what was said to me um, and what they what they did in the uh, in the, at the conference and in the video. Um, I do have a uh, Facebook event for the protest, which that video is is linked on. Um, but after that, I I did I just like 
kind of became hidden again where I didn't talk to many people in the church. Um, I was just, I would go on uh, Sundays and Wednesdays and just go through the motions because I still wanted to spend time with my friends because my friends were also going to the church. And the only way that I could spend time with my friends is if I went to church with them. Um, and a year later, um, I had went to a youth camp and um, you're supposed to be in groups of three at youth camp because groups of two mean that you could do stuff. Uh, so you always have to be in groups of three, but uh, I could never find a third person who wanted to do what I wanted to do with like another person. Um, so I was just hanging out with another person and um, this was after I had came out as bisexual. And so all of the staff kept saying that like they would send me home if I didn't get a third person because they knew what I was like and that I could pretty much harm this person even though like we weren't doing anything uh we just were in the same cabin group and wanted to do the same activities and that was that um but at the last night of this youth camp they had another altar call for people who were gay or struggling with their uh gender sexuality and uh I had to go up uh, because if I didn't, I would. I know I would have gotten a quote talking to um, by the by the pastors of why didn't you go up? Do you think that you're fine now? Like, and I just didn't want to deal with that, so I just I just went up. And for about three hours after the service ended, I could not do anything but laugh. Like every time I tried to talk only laughter came out, um, which I have learned is a coping mechanism yeah. for, for trauma. And when uh, the leadership uh, like couldn't get me to stop laughing, they took me to the head pastor, and the head pastor was like, just filled with Jesus. Just leave them Jesus. be. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> just filled with Jesus, Jesus, yeah. Yep. Uh, so that that was another experience of them like trying <laughs> to pray the gay away and a, a physical reaction that I had to that trauma. Um and again after that I just like was I was going every now and then. I wasn't going consi consistently. I wasn't going weekly to uh, church. And um, I ended up going back to their women's conference the following year. And at that conference, it was when they like called me up by name. But when they had called me up by name, they had surrounded me with like 30 people. So like I couldn't walk away. Like I couldn't leave what they were doing. Um, and the pastors said that they needed to pray the demon out and that the only way that the demon would leave <laughs> is if I allow it to leave. So she needed verbal confirmation that I was okay with her praying. And so I tell her fine. Like I just, cause I was just wanting to get it over with. And her and her daughter were a lot heavier than me. And I say that because I'm still a child. I am like 110 pounds. And so like together they were over 200 pounds and they tackled me to the floor <laughs> and were shaking me and praying in tongues. And <laughs> all I could do was lay there. Oh, no. All oh, I could do was lay there. And they they were screaming at the top of their lungs, like making this whole like thing a show, like just being very showy about it. So that like when it worked, they can be like, look what we did. 
Well, I can tell you the the only thing that left me that day was my dignity. Yeah. Um, it was very, very embarrassing. Um, and I still had to go to church after that because I, I just could not leave. And it was not until I had told my best friend what had happened. And he was like, you, you can't go anymore. Like yeah. he, he knew about everything. And, and he was like, you just, you just need to stop. And and I did after after my Thank goodness for friends. Birthday, yeah. yeah, after my sixteenth birthday, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm done, and uh, I I stopped going, uh, but I was still getting those text messages of you should come back to church. God God misses you. You you need you need to be here. You need to come to a service. Uh, hold on, hold on. If God is everywhere. Like most of these Christian churches believe God is everywhere and God knows everything. So how could God miss you? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and I, I had uh, the two friends that I went with. Um, I would still talk to them at school, but they were, they were told to, to not talk to me, to only bring up going back to church. If, if they yeah. To uh, talk to me, and at that time, I was also struggling with like my mental health, and yeah. and it was my senior year of of school because I graduated mm-hmm. a year early. Mm-hmm. Um, and after after that, there was a lot. I did a lot of activism in my school, and I was on the news a couple of times because I brought a rainbow flag to school. And oh, great! And uh, was this was in Hillsboro. No, it was in Banks. Oh, this is in Banks, Oregon. Yeah, in Banks, Oregon. Oh. I, I brought a rainbow flag to school. I was interviewed for the Oregonian. Um, and when I had done the, the interview with the Oregonian, I had someone from inside the, the church, a part of the leadership, reach out to me, um, and tell me that the, like, to warn me, not to, like, threaten me, but to warn me that the, uh, that the church was still watching me, and that they were... Scared about what I was going to say. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, that's that's totally a call when they start doing that stuff. Yeah, I I mean the big churches aren't any better. It's just the big churches—they're so big that they don't even have to worry about that. The little churches, you know, they gotta threaten you if you fall out if you fall out of line. Yeah, big churches are like, well, we control everything, so. Well, this is uh, this church that I went to is a sub church of Rama Bible School in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, so, good old Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. What's the one in um, Oklahoma? Oral Roberts University. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, Oklahoma is one of those states that has the craziest anti-trans laws right now. I mean, we. Uh, we actually did a show about all the crazy stuff going on in Oklahoma. It's it's weird. It's like that weird middle part of the South, you know, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, all three of those states in a row, like have some, and then Kansas just did it too. Kansas just passed a bill yesterday. Of course, this will be two weeks ago when it airs, but they just passed a bill um, at the very end of April that basically says you have to be something some weird thing they've defined if you want to use the bathroom and that's going to apply to everybody. So it's completely unconstitutional. 
but they passed it, you know, and, and Arkansas has passed legislation and Missouri passed legislation basically saying that you have to go through 18 months of, you know, I would call it conversion therapy, but you have to go through 18 months of whatever kind of therapy they've decided, these anti-trans, transphobic, you know, hate legislators uh, before you can get uh, medical services, even for adults. And this is the kind of thing that this is what religion does to people's minds, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. Now, I say that as the president of a synagogue. I mean, I'm and I'll, in, in just total transparency. I'm the president of my synagogue. And so, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like total like religion basher. I mean, I think religion can sometimes serve a public good, but um, I think most religion doesn't. So anyways, wow. So now, so now you're going to have this protest against your, your old church and um, yeah, and your friend who, tell me about your friend, the person who's helping you organize this. Yeah. So my friend uh, is coming up from, from Florida and uh, he doesn't have a, a lot of religious trauma, but um, he is trans and um, you know, there's not a lot of accepting places down there. Um, and, and so he's just coming up to, to visit me and we, uh, uh he's, hel he's helping me put this together so that I feel supported. Mm -hmm. And if people would like to turn out to support you, I can't do a call to action because unfortunately that's not something I'm allowed to do for FCC rules, but you can, you can do that yourself. So if you want people to find out more about what you're doing or get hooked up or turn out with you you can tell people about that do you want to do you want to talk about that um yeah uh so it is um there so there's a, a facebook page uh that i that i made and the the facebook page is uh protest ncc for queer and trans youth um, that's what it is. There, um, there's more information um, that, like, I didn't get into everything in detail here, but more detail on the Facebook page too, so that you can learn about it. It also gives the address of where we are meeting, and also like different, um, like protest etiquette, and um, like to to bring signs and. Uh, be cautious about um, like we will be on the sidewalk so there will be standing so if you need to bring your own chair or mobility device please do so um, and it is again the 17th of May at 5pm uh, to 7pm wow that's just amazing it's just and, and your friend from Florida I mean Florida is so bad right now. Florida is like Ron DeSantis has gotten through the state legislature, the don't say gay bills, which completely ban all instruction at all about uh, LGBTQ topics. And right now he's waging war against Disney World because Disney World supports LGBTQ people. And what I've been hearing on, you know, like, like on the gay news is like, it's just people are basically saying like, just don't go to Florida, you know? I mean, even though there's Disney World in Florida and the Bahama, you know, and the, the, the Keys and Miami's amazing. I mean, all this, I have so many roots down in Florida, but it's like, I wouldn't go to Florida right now because they're just like, basically, you know, that they're trying to, it's like that eighth stage of genocide. So we, you know, a month yeah. ago, the kind of stuff they're doing right now in Florida is like just part of that spectrum of, you know, hate. And um, it's, it's your, your friend must have a lot of courage living in Florida. Yeah. I, wonder, I, I wish that I could move him here. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that's the nice thing though, is that we're everywhere. Even if they pass laws against us, it doesn't do anything because we're still there, you know, and we'll fight back and and people are supporting us too. I mean, there was an event 
uh, here in Portland um, just today, actually. Of course, this is being recorded two weeks before it's produced, but on Saturday, April 29th, there was a big uh, drag show in downtown Portland to raise money for the Tennessee drag community because uh, in Tennessee, which is another one of those southern kind of mid-south states in that mid-south belt, um, they passed a law basically banning uh, drag performances um, in most public settings uh, because they say that it's adult entertainment and it's only appropriate in adult venues. Now, if you've ever seen a drag show, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 really fun. I mean, but it's I, I don't know if I would necessarily consider it the same thing I'd see if I went to an adult entertainment venue. You know, it's it's a little different from that. But um, and they also completely banned drag performance in one county in Tennessee. So it's like they've just been they've really been going after us. You know, it's been like it's been a rough year, and I know it's it's had a lot of effect on on people. So, I mean, I think that the kind of thing that you're doing, Carter, is is the antidote, you know? It's like it's the antidote to what's going on right now. What do you think, Nicolette? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not even entirely sure what to say other than um, I'm glad that we're making progress to fight back against these ridiculous laws and other things that are going on right now because the the thing we absolutely don't want to do while all this is going on is do nothing we always mm-hmm. need to fight back yeah yeah we really do I, I mean it's a shame carter that your church couldn't just the one that you went to i mean you know the relationship that you develop with like a religion i, I mean i know a lot of us in the community, we don't want to deal with religion. And I totally respect that. I mean, a lot of trans and queer people just won't go anywhere near religion because they see it as really toxic and kind of like like the whole thing is sort of mind control. And it's just like, you know, they're, they're, they, I mean, a lot of our trans and queer brothers and sisters just want to, you know, just live their lives. And religion hasn't given them much to say, oh, I'm going to come to you. Especially if you don't even believe in what that religion says but we also know that religion is a big part of american culture and since it's one of those things in our culture just like religion is a thing in every culture it's too bad that we can't find more religions or make religions more you know just accepting not make them but just kind of understand that you know at least for a lot of religions they're their worldview there's no reason you can't put queer people in there because queer people love just the same they care just the same they do you know they're good just the same way i mean they 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 they, they come because they want community in the same way that everybody else does who goes to a church i mean because why do people go to church like why did you go to church you went there because you wanted to get away from your family and you also wanted a little bit of community right Yeah, and I know a lot of people who also used to go to church and then um, came out or their their church started spewing hate against the queer community, and so they stopped going, but they would continue to go if they had an accepting place to worship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people go because they want community. I mean, a lot of these people also, they believe in God. You know, I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm an atheist, but a lot of people believe in God. They believe in like the Christian God, or you know, the Jewish God, or the Muslim God. I mean, they're all kind of the same, really. But it's like they believe in that, and you know, they really believe that there's a place they go to when they die, and that that's part of their life's journey, and that they have a soul. And it's like, I mean, for people who believe that way and who want to you know, participate in those kind of communities, it seems like it's not such a big deal to just say, oh, you're gay, you're part of our community. Just like, you know, if you're anything else, if you're a person who likes short hair or long hair, you know, rich or poor, I mean, isn't that what the Bible says? Doesn't the Bible say all those? I haven't read a Christian Bible in a long time, but I think that's what it says. That's what I read anyways. (laughs) Well, we're talking, we're kind of going on about religion today. We're talking about religion. Carter's got this 
protests going on on uh, May 17th. Uh, Carter, where can people go again to find out more about the protests? It is uh, Protest NCC uh, for Queer and Trans Youth uh, on Facebook. So it is a public event on Facebook. I'd like to talk just for, I mean, we've got just a few minutes left, maybe like 10 minutes, but I'd like to talk for a minute, like, do you think there's any difference between the kind of church where that happened to you and any other religion? Because it's like, like, I'm a member of Cult Watch, and I love following all the weird cults that have ever existed. I don't know why I'm so interested in cults, but I am. I think cults are really interesting. And almost everything that you've mentioned, like, basically makes your church sound like a cult. I mean, not your church, but the church you used to go to. But it's hard for me to really, as someone who, like, now all religions kind of glaze me over a little bit. I mean, I really enjoy my Jewish tradition a lot. It means a lot to me. But besides that, most religions just make my eyes kind of glaze over. And it's, like, it's hard for me to, like, distinguish between a cult and a church. It's, like, they kind of seem like the same thing to me. But I know they're not. I mean, I know that for people who are really into this stuff, they say, well, it's certain things that make it a cult, you know, like, what do you think about that, Carter? I mean, do you think that there's kind of room for churches that, you know, aren't cults that are really kind of like not controlling of people? I I think the only way of knowing is going there and like being there for a while and noticing the different behaviors that are going on in the church like is it run by everyone in the church and everyone has their own thing or do is there a uh, uh a couple of like people in like the leadership so like maybe a, a six people on the leadership team and they give the say of what goes on in the church so yeah. it's a there is definitely a a small thin line between if it's a, a church and a cult. Um, and I think that the only way of knowing is either going yourself or finding someone who has had been going for a while, has had uh, multiple experiences in that church and can give you the, like, this is what the the community is like in the church. This is how they treat people of, uh, of, of different things, right? Like, um, if they are a woman, if they are gay, you, you know, it's, how do they treat everyone? Do they treat everyone like they are a human, like they are a person, and welcome everyone? Or will they say, oh, yeah, we welcome everyone. However, we're not really going to talk to you, and you can just, like, sit here in the back. Right. Yeah, yeah just sit and, in the back. And if I may speak on this, because I was talking about the bite model earlier, you know, the, the way to tell if a group is a cult is if they enforce behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. A lot of religions do. That's why I would consider many religions to be cults. But I have seen churches and religions that don't exhibit any of those behaviors. So there are some that aren't cults. Yeah, that's a good answer, Nicolette. Have you found any religion since you left this church, Carter, that like, uh, or churches that have been more accepting of you? Or, I mean, are you still are you still kind of on a spiritual path? Um, there there's been some churches that I have gone to, but nowhere that I really felt like I 
feel comfortable like going to consistently um but i've also learned more about different religions um from like people online on social media on instagram and facebook and tiktok and their religion and i definitely would say that out of all of the religions that I have learned about, um, Judaism seems like the best one and the <laughs> most accepting. <laughs> well, you're welcome in our shul anytime. Our shul is very accepting. So, but also, I mean, I know the Unitarian. Basically, like almost any church that like participates in like Transgender Day of Visibility, Transgender Day of Remembrance, you know. The Pride Festival, basically anybody who you see marching in the Pride Festival, you know, regardless of what your religious preference is, you know, it's a plural society and you can choose your religion in this society. So whatever your religious preference is, I mean, if, if they show up at the Pride Festival, that's a pretty good indicator that you're probably welcome there. So... I don't know. I I I, I mean, I love the Pride Festival. I'm so looking forward to it this year. It's going to be July 13th through the 15th. And one of the things I love so much about the Pride Festival is that it's a great chance to see where all of the welcoming congregations are. And there's so many of them, you know, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how many, but I would guess like maybe 20% of the organizations that I see marching in the Pride Festival every year. Are welcoming congregations. I mean, I, I did notice that. I did notice that at my first Pride Festival, um, I was going around and I was just in 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 shock that there were that there were churches that were like, "Please come, we accept gay people." And I was like, "You what?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Guess what? We take the Bible seriously. Come join us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, I love what you're doing because you're kind of taking like, I. so when I was your age, Carter, like, because I'm a lot older than you, they were around for a long time. And they were called the Westboro Baptist Church. And they were based out of, I think they were based out of like Topeka, Kansas or some, just a little teeny tiny church in Kansas. They went around to funerals and they went around to, with like these hate slogans you know and they would just I mean that was like the only thing they did apparently that's like because their church wasn't that big I mean it was probably about the size of the church you went to but they were they weren't that big and it's like that's all they did was they went around the country with all these hate signs and they would like they would go and protest like right in front of uh, a church during a funeral uh, you know somebody died in a motorcycle and it was just like the most bizarre thing like they weren't even really protesting like a thing there they basically were saying oh that the person who died like it was a judgment from god and it's because of the things that they said on their slogans and on their you know they really i mean they really for a lot of people in the queer community they kind of they, they were kind of a precursor to basically what we're seeing right now. i mean what we're seeing right now in the south i mean what we're seeing in the midwest and even out here like in montana which unfortunately oh god or Montana. Montana just passed a law. Again, this is when you're hearing this, this is two weeks ago. We're recording this. But on Friday, April 28th, the Montana State Legislature passed uh, legislation banning uh, transgender, I think, access to any kind of transgender services or instruction or anything like that for transgender kids in the state of Montana. So Montana is like the fifth largest state in the country. I mean, it's not in population, but I mean, and it has a transgender state legislator, you know, but it's like, they're, they're just, I, I mean, I, I hate to be spending so much time talking about the negative things that are happening right now in this country that are targeting trans kids, but it's like, to me, it's just like, it's just so evil. I mean, if you knew what that does to a trans kid, like you were a trans kid and you went to a church because you hoped that maybe you could find some comfort in a church. You know, you hoped you could find some uh, community. And because that's what a church says it should do. I mean, it's, that's, what the, that's what the Bible says. I mean, the Bible says, come to me, all you who are weary, you know, you find rest. 
you know, I mean, the church puts out a message that it's about peace and love and acceptance and community. But a lot of these churches are really about judgment, ostracism, social control, paranoia, you know, basically taking your money and creating these kind of self-righteous communities where they basically are hypocrites. You know, that sounds like that's what they did too. They didn't provide a very good example of like the mission of the gospels, you know, it, it sounds like, it sounds like they're the ones who need to go to church. Yeah. Has there been any, has, has anybody from the church ever reached out to you and apologized or has there ever been any steps on their part to kind of, um, you know, maybe just get educated or just see if it's your, your side of the story? Um, so there was one person who I, I didn't really know them. Um, like I knew who they were, but like, I didn't really have conversations with them or their family. And a year after the second, uh, women's conference. So like in like 2018 ish, I got a Facebook message from um, this this person and they had said that they were from the church and that they ended up leaving the church because of what they did to me and that they were they were there at the conference and, and witnessed what had happened and were were horrified and they just wanted to reach out and see if if I was doing okay because it was so horrific. Well, I'm glad at least some, at least one person cared. That's good. Well, we're just about out of time, Carter. So just tell us one more time. Uh, when is your protest? And how can people find out about it? It is on May 17th at 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at New Creation Church. Um, and then you can learn more on Facebook at uh, Protest NCC for Queer and Trans Youth. Great. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us tonight. I'm Emma. I use she and her pronouns. And um, would you all please um, give outros? Uh, yeah, I'm Nicolette. I use they, them, AM, or Fayfair pronouns. Thank you both for being here tonight. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'm Carter, and I use they, them pronouns. I hope to see a lot of people at the protest. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Night. Transgender people don't live here. I've never met anyone who's transgender. I swear I don't know someone who's transgender. Transgender and non-binary people like me hear this all the time. But according to the HRC Foundation, there are more than two million transgender people in the United States. We live in every community across this country. You might be surprised to hear that there are more transgender and non-binary people in the United States than there are. Starbucks, McDonald's, and Walmart locations combined. In fact, if you put us all together, there'd be more non-binary and transgender folks than the populations of DC, or Nebraska, or Maine, or Idaho, or West Virginia. As a matter of fact, 15 states have a lower population than the amount of trans folks in the U.S. So here are a few things to keep in mind. You don't always know when a person is trans. But we're your neighbors, your co-workers, your students, your customers, and even your friends and family. We exist in every culture, todas las culturas, throughout human history. And while we're more visible than ever before, sometimes you just don't see us. So when you hear about politicians pushing forward discriminatory bills, know this, these bills address problems that aren't even real. Problems that don't actually exist. But we do. 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 And we need your support.
Hi, this is Emma. Um, I am a co-host of Transpositive, and I'm also the current president of the board of directors here at KBU. At KBU, we prove every day that people-powered radio has the ability to bring us together across distances and give us hope when we feel despair. Your friends at KBU want to remind you that generosity has the same power. Join thousands of KBU supporters from all around the world, and let's rally together to build stronger communities. If you can, just go to kboo.fm slash give or text kboo to this number 44321. And thanks so much for your support of KBU Community Radio. You are listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, 